Wishing you had a green thumb or want to learn more about sustainable gardening outdoors and in? Expert green divas and dude gardeners share tips for everything from composting to growing herbs in your kitchen. Listen to the Green Divas Green Thumb for low-stress gardening tips. All right. Uh, another winter garden segment. Well, it sounds like winter garden. I think of the winter garden theater. Um, but, you know, those of us that are gardeners are itching to get out there. And Megan Kane, our green diva, green thumb, she is the creative vegetable gardener. She's a garden educator and writer. Uh, and she's – this is the third of our series in garden planning during the winter while we're itching to get out there. Hi, Megan. Hi, Meg. I'm happy to be here. Um, so we talked a little bit about our other two segments about ordering seeds and then also figuring out your priorities. Yeah. And then we, we – before we got on the call, you had asked what I thought was a great question, one that I think a lot of people have is, how so once you have your seeds how do you figure out where you're going to plant everything in your garden right. seems like that's something that that you're not exactly sure how to do i just get overwhelmed i really i like i, I like i do with everything i get i get a little bit overboard and you know i get like a little map out and a graph and i'm like how about four plants here and you know whatever i make myself crazy <laughs> well, I think that's common that people aren't exactly sure how to how to plan. And actually, I would say that you don't necessarily have to do that level of planning. I've worked first with some CFA farms in the past, and they definitely plant everything. Well, let's say the most organized CFA farmers plant every plan everything out and decide what they're planting where and how many seedlings. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a business. They need to know how many seedlings they're starting. Right. But I'm not necessarily convinced that that's necessary on a home scale. Okay. Um, even I'm a pretty advanced gardener and I don't decide in the winter exactly where I'm planting everything. Okay. But I do, what I do think is, a valuable exercise is to keep a garden map. Yeah, I like this so, idea. So in a way, I'm reverse planning. <laughs> so I recommend that people, it doesn't matter how big your garden is, even if you have only two raised beds, go out to your garden uh, as soon as, at least my garden's covered in snow right now. But when if you have, <laughs> you have a snow-covered garden, wait until it melts. Go out there with a piece of paper and just draw a quick map of your garden. It doesn't have to be to scale if you don't want it to be to scale. All you want is some kind of record. Yeah. And then go back in the house and then make a bunch of copies of it. And then what I like to tell people is then to start a garden binder because then you think, well, where am I going to put this map? Okay. So if you have an old binder laying around, punch some holes in it, put it in a binder, and you've got your first garden binder. Oh, cool. And then... In my garden, I always take my binder out with me when I'm planting seeds and plants all season long, and I keep really simple records. So I just write down the date, and I write down the variety, and then I usually write down how many I planted and, and where I planted. Okay. And then what happens over time is that you get much more familiar with how many say how many seedlings of kale you plant every year so you almost come up with a formula and certainly yeah. it changes a little bit year to year well you find but, out you find out what works and what doesn't right exactly exactly and you and for me i realized okay i don't ever really need more than seven kale plants 
So even when you're in your garden and you have 14 kale plants sitting right in front of you, you can remind yourself, I don't need more than seven. I'm going to give the rest away to my neighbors or my friends. Right, um, right. And so it's kind of a way, instead of, because I know it can be really overwhelming to try to figure out where you're going to plant everything, and I think it's okay to wing it a little bit during the season. That's certainly what I do. Yeah. But you have records so that you know that you're not planting the same thing in the same spot year after year, because right. I know that I can't really remember where the tomatoes went. I can remember where they were last year, but I can't remember where they were the year before or the year before. So gives you helps you with crop rotation, helps you with amount. Uh, and then actually helps you over time knowing maybe what you like to plant together. I, yeah, I know that, oh, yeah. yeah, I like to plant my beets and my carrots together in the same bed. Or yeah. it looks really pretty when I planted this yellow flower with right. the purple cabbage yeah, or whatever. Yeah, dill and, and cabbage, just, yeah. Just tiny little notes. It doesn't have to be anything complicated. My map is pretty messy often has water stains and dirt stains on it. But <laughs> but I do go back and look at it, and I'll be taking it out when I'm ready to seed start this year because I'll think, okay, how many kale plants do I want to start? Right. That's based on how many I grew last year and how many I want to grow this year. So I use my map a lot uh, to help me help me plan my garden. And then I guess you also have to take into consideration you know, if it's up against the fence, where the sun's coming in, so you might want the taller plants in the back or any of the, the uh, you know, things that are cl- climbing, vine things, whatever. Yeah, you definitely want to know when you're in your garden which direction is south. That's very important because you don't want to plant anything that gets really tall on the south side of something that's short. Right, exactly. So say if you have a raised bed and one side, the long side of the raised bed faces south, you don't want to plant a bunch of tomatoes on the south side and then plant some basil behind them right. because they'll most likely get shaded out. And so that's, that's a pretty easy rule of thumb. You don't, it, you, that's really one of the main things is make sure you don't plant really tall things on the south side of something that, that, get, that is pretty short. There you go. Well, you heard it here and lots more to come. Thanks so much again, Megan. And I know people can go to uh, creativevegetablegardener.com and uh, find some information there. And you're also going to provide for us some relevant information to this podcast for thegreendivas.com. And we'll hopefully get to talk to you again soon. We'll start getting in the garden pretty soon. Yeah, 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 and then we can move on to what things to do outside in your garden in the spring. Yay! Thanks, Megan. Thank you. Inspired to grow more organic stuff? We are. To learn more about this Green Diva's Green Thumb episode and all kinds of other great green information, visit thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com. 